From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for June 4th, 2009. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined by my good friends, Teresa Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, John Magi, Kathy Worling, and Walter Eccles. Uh, we are going to play your voicemails and read your emails, and hopefully the weather will cooperate today, which it looks pretty good right now. If the weather changes, it's a sign. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like the email show is cursed or something. Uh, all right. Uh, get the usual spiel out of the way. If you'd like to send us an email, the address is podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or you can fill out the feedback form on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by calling toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 1-877-310-9662. The local number here, 407-574-5093. In the United Kingdom, toll-free, 0808 and from Australia, toll-free, 1-800-774-531. Especially want to hear from our Aussie listeners now that I'm going to be going down there in a few months. Yay. Have we ever gotten a call from Mexico? Yeah, one. Did we? Yep. One. One, me- one, one listener in Mexico, that was <laughs> it. Um, we've gotten calls from Brazil, though. We've gotten calls from South America. I really would like to hear more Australians call. Have this toll-free number there, people. Come on. You know, you can call on your own time. Are you going to call us when you're there? Of course I'm going to call in. I just got to figure out what time, like... It's not like being out in California. I just have to subtract three hours. I'm not doing a show at 4 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Just so you can call in. We might not answer. Leave a message. (laughs) All right. So, with that out of the way. We will get started with our first voicemail. Comes to us this week from Cheryl in Jacksonville, who has some questions about the swan dolphin, some unique questions about the swan dolphin. So here's Cheryl. Hi, podcast team. This is Cheryl calling from Jacksonville. Cheryl S.E. on the boards. I'm calling because of live 65 streaming on the iPhone. I did find a way. I kept waiting for the five-day trial to expire and have everything disappear. But my way around it was I actually signed up for Live 365 on the computer. Um, I had done that years ago and had been listening. So what I, I had a sign-in name and a password, and then I downloaded the app on my iPhone and just signed in as myself um, on my iPhone. It did keep saying you have 12 hours left, you have 11 hours left, whatever. But when it went down to one hour and then zero, I was still able to sign in because I had registered as a regular listener on the computer. So I don't know if that will work for everybody, but it did work for me. Also, I have a question. I was just at the World over the weekend um, with some friends who had not been, and their kids were amazed at the swan and dolphin sculptures on top of the hotels. And since they think I'm the wealth of Disney knowledge, they asked me how they got them up there. So we had this big discussion about whether they actually were put up there with a crane or the pieces were brought up and assembled and also what they were made of. So if you guys have that answer, that would be really good. 
Um, I also wanted to let you know that I use Dreams Unlimited Travel. I'm a Vacation Club member, but we didn't quite have enough points to finish off a stay, the stay this weekend. So I went online and um, went to Dreams Unlimited and booked a Buena Vista uh, suite. Um, we were just unbelievably impressed, and I will leave really good feedback on TripAdvisor, too. For $88 a night, that was ridiculous. The room was spotless. The, you could tell it had been refurbished. The breakfast was amazing. Um, it's really an amazing value. Again, we're kind of spoiled because we're DVC members, and we were staying at the Beach Club the other two nights. Um, but the room at Buena Vista Suites was actually cleaner and more upgraded than our beach club was. So um, thank you for that, too. I'm very impressed with them, and we'll use them again in the future. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thank you for that, uh, Cheryl. And I, I know that the folks at Buena Vista Suites really appreciate uh, those comments. And, yeah, we're, we're big fans of Buena Vista Suites. They, they have a great product that's had a long relationship with them. Uh, as advertisers on on the Diz, and uh, it's one of the reasons that we do have such a great relationship, such a long relationship with them, is they've always had a great product. And like you said, eighty eight dollars a night, you can't beat that with a stick. So. There's a lot of people who stay on Disney property who every once in a while venture off and try the hotels we sell, and they always say the same thing. I'm shocked. I'm amazed how big the rooms are. There's a nice reason. There's a reason right. I only sell a handful of hotels. There are very few hotels in this town. Basically, like I, like I said on the show before, if I'll put my family there, I'll put them on the site. And I've put my family in every single one of the hotels we sell on the site. The $88 was a good deal before they were renovated, but now that they're renovated, they're beautiful. With flat screen TVs, it's really a good deal. Great location. So, well, thank you. And thank you for that, Charlie. We appreciate it. Now, to answer your question, yes, the uh, Swan and the Dolphin statues were put up with a crane. They were not assembled up there. Um, I did have to send in uh, an email. Uh, to the Swan Dolphin to make sure I had the correct information. Now, uh, in terms of what they're made of... Cheese. <laughs> no. They're constructed on a wooden frame, similar to a wooden boat hull. They're then wrapped in fiberglass and painted with a textured elas- elastomeric paint. They're Elast- made out of a Luca bond. <laughs> elastomeric. So... You can tell your friend's children the word elastomeric and make them go look it up. <laughs> um, but that's what they're that's what they're made out of, and uh, I wanted to make sure I got that correct. So we get them to, we get that direct from someone in the know over at the Swan Dolphin. So thank you very much for your uh, for your voicemail. Uh, our next voicemail is a very special one that I have been meaning to get up for a couple of weeks now. We were going to play this last week. Uh, but didn't get a chance because we the show got cut short uh, due to the weather. So I want to make sure we get this one in this week. Uh, this comes to us from uh, the daughters of one of our listeners, uh, Maddie and Emily, who did something really, really cool to help raise money for Give Kids the World during our, our fundraising promotion. So here is a voicemail from Maddie and Emily. Hi, my name is Maddie. And I'm Emily. Our mom is Maddie 100. We just wanted to call you and tell you thank you for encouraging people to raise money for Give Kids the World. Sometimes we take it for granted how lucky we are to be able to go to Disney World as much as we do. We're very fortunate that Emily and I are both really healthy, but we wanted to do something to help. So we decided to sell root beer floats at our grocery store and give them money to Give Kids the World. We... We're only 8 and 11, so 
we don't realize that it is a privilege to stand next to each each other for two hours and sell it floats. My mom had to help us remember that part. But in two hours, we raised $100 for Give Kids the World. How about that? We are going to donate it through the Muddy Buddy website. Go Muddy Buddies! <laughs> See you on the cruise. I promise not to climb on the railings. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Maddie and Emily, both, for that. That was, uh, uh, that was very special, and I, uh, I met Emily... Uh, on the cruise and she asked me if I was going to play the voicemail and I promised her that we would absolutely play that voicemail. We also have a picture that we're going to put up of Maddie and Emily in in the supermarket making their root beer floats, which I thought was just the coolest, coolest, coolest thing. I thought we played this already, but then they told us a story on the cruise. Right. Nicole, you should be proud of your kids. Very proud. proud. That's Maddie 100, right? Yeah. Very, very proud. Um, that was really cute. <laughs> really, really cool that you guys did that, and uh, you know that's that's very special. That really is very, very special. I think uh, I think Maddie and Emily deserve a shot at uh, picking a number. Wow! For wow. Uh, for doing that, that's a privilege. Yes, I think you're privileged to sit next to me. <laughs> I think I am too. Don't dilute my my celebrity. <laughs> While we're on Give Kids the World, Dave Parfit uh, put up a really good blog on how to become a volunteerist for Give Kids the World. Yeah, that was a great blog. Absolutely. So Thank if you for you're in town me. and you want to uh, you want to volunteer, there's a there's a great blog that he put up. We'll have a link to that, and we'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes page. If you want to help out Give Kids the World when you come down here, if you want to spend some time on your next vacation, volunteering for a few hours to help them out, uh, that would be really cool. So, all right, who has an email they would like to read? I have one. John. I beat Julie to it. This is from Mary Jo. Well, she beat you to having a kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. She kind of jump on me. She has a uterus. <laughs> She's not afraid to use it. <laughs> this is from Mary Jo in Carson, California. I have a tipping question for the cruise. Envelopes with recommended tipping amounts are given to guests to use. How should you tip the staff if you do not use their service? For instance, what if, instead of dining in the assigned dining room, you decide to either order room service or eat that at the buffet? Should you still tip the recommended amount for the wait staff? What's particularly disturbing about this is Mary Jo is a Dreams Unlimited travel agent. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very frightened. (laughs) In all fairness, Mary Jo specializes in Disneyland. She's just looking for a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. I thought, we're getting emails from our agents now with questions. That's That's not a good thing. Mary Jo, Kevin and I do this quite a bit. We'll avoid the the dining rooms at all costs. However, we always tip. (laughs) There are people there. <laughs> I mean, have and to they mingle. want to talk to us. <laughs> However, we always tip the wait staff. Always. always. We had to tip for Ferris, didn't we? And he doesn't eat real food. Yeah. I mean, I think of it, this is their income, and this is they're not making a lot of money, and this is how they Well, there's something else families. to keep in mind also. If you go to Castaway Key and eat a cookies barbecue, the servers from the restaurant are the people serving you on the island. Those people do other things. If you go to Pluto's Doghouse and get a, a hot dog during the day, your server might be serving you there. So by tipping right. them, 
you're tipping everybody. Right. You're tipping for the entire cruise, and it's just it's the right thing to do. And I understand. You know, we on many cruises we've not eaten in the dining room, but. and it's not that we avoid them at all costs. <laughs> it's not that there's anything wrong with the dining room. It's just that we there are people some, there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We do avoid them at all costs. <laughs> I was kind of trying to soften that for you. <laughs> we eat every meal in our stateroom. Softening. On the Fortnite cruise. <laughs> Softening. Thanks, Mary Jo. Now get back to work. <laughs> uh, who else has an email they'd like to read? I, I have one. This one is from Gabriella, Terry, and Matt from Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. You stole mine. Go ahead. <laughs> John stole mine, so you got to do what you got to do. My email. It says, "Hello, podcast team. Could you talk about the history of the peanut gallery? Here's what we visualize when when you tell us who's in the peanut gallery: a small room just off the main podcast room, with a large one-way mirrored window, like at a police station in the movies. A small table with a bowl of peanuts, and a couple of." Sets of headphones and microphones to join in the podcast when needed. Well, she's also missed the fact that you're chained to a desk <laughs> with a bright light in your face. <laughs> Not even close. Well, you know, first of all, the the term peanut gallery actually comes from the old Howdy Doody right. show right. Um, on on TV back in the fifties. Now that was before my time, but uh, that's where the term comes from. Right. Um, and uh, you know, in this in this case, really, it's. Uh, uh, now you'll notice, and you, you may notice that this week I did not do Peanut Gallery. I just yeah, you're met, switching it up. I introduced everybody. I introduced everybody. and actually, uh, as soon as I can find a table configuration I'm happy with, we will have everyone at one table. Um, you know, just, you're going to get emails now because you left that out. Left what out? The Peanut Gallery. No, I included them just in general. No, I'm not saying you left them out. You left out the term. Well, now I'm explaining why. Um, so, but uh, no, I mean, right now is the the table we're at only has uh, room for six, and so anybody seven. else seven <laughs> if you can count Ferris. Um, well, if we're going to count laps, sure they can sit yeah, at the table Walter with us. Could, yeah, Walter yeah. could sit on Pete's lap. Come on over here, yeah. Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> you are having a stroke <laughs> in installments. Because <laughs> uh, he sounded really excited about it. Did. Really, he Come was on, like, Kathy. "Giddy up, Kath. <laughs> Climb on board." <laughs> the John train's about to leave. <laughs> Oh, heavens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for that, Walter. Our next voicemail comes to us from Stephen in Sydney. Yay, Sydney. Um, question about the Segway tours at Walt Disney World. So here is Stephen. Hi. Uh, my name is Stephen. I'm from Sydney, Australia. Hi, podcast crew. Look, um, I just got a quick question for you. Um, my wife and I went to Disneyland this year and are planning to go to Disney World next year or the year after. We did the Segway tour of uh, DCA and it was really good. Uh, I read that you can do um, the Segway tour of Epcot and a Segway tour of the Wilderness Park. I'm I'm not real sure of the name. But anyway, if you uh, could just give me an idea of if they're good and if they are, I'd really like to um, have a go at that. And anyway... Uh, this is um, hello from all the way over here down under, um, and 
I hope you use it on the show, and uh, thank you very much. After Chachi last week, I keep expecting us to tell them they're faking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for calling uh, calling in, Stephen. Uh, Yes, uh, Segway tours are done at uh, both Epcot World Showcase before it opens to the general public and over at Fort Wilderness. And uh, I have not done either of them because my spastic rear end will end up like definitely like flying headfirst into the pavement or something. But I know Corey and Julie did the the one over at Epcot and gave it very high marks. We loved it. I would love to do the one at Fort Wilderness. The one at Fort Wilderness looks really nice. Um, that one's done over uh, by the main right off the right off the main pool uh, is where that one is done, and uh, they actually have like a little a little course set up. They're all lined up, and they have a little course set up for you to practice on before you actually get out into the wilderness and. And do it, but I think the uh, I think the I, I love Fort Wilderness to begin with, but I think the the ambiance and the atmosphere of Fort Wilderness be really cool to do one there. It's cool at Epcot because you're doing it before the the World Showcase opens, so you're you're going around the World Showcase and you you seeing the cast members kind of set up and stuff like that. You're not going to run over any small children. I kind of can't look at a Segway now without laughing because I saw Mall Cop. <laughs> <laughs> Over and over and over again. Yeah, I never saw it all the way through. <laughs> I saw it in like ten minute segments. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, they're very worth. Uh, you know, from everyone that we've talked to that has that has done them, uh, everybody's enjoyed them. Yeah, so they get great reviews. We're going to put a link to them on the show notes page this week, podcast.wdwinfo.com, so you can get information on uh, how much they are, when they are where they are, all that good stuff. Also, if you're not sure you want to do it or you're not sure you're going to be coordinated enough to ride a Segway, you can go over to Interventions and do their little Segway area yep. that they have so you can play around and see if you're willing to do it for a longer period of time. Oh, there you go. That's true, too. Okay. Uh, we have our next voicemail from Annette in the U.K. has a question about the T-Rex restaurant. So here is Annette. Hi there, everybody. It's Annette from the UK. Once again, you want to hear from my UK listeners, so here I am again. Um, hi, Pete, John, Corey, Julie, Ferris, Kathy, Walter, Teresa, Kevin. I hope I haven't left anybody out. Question. The T-Rex restaurant at Downtown Disney. Now, do we have to book in advance? for this, like the 90 days out advanced dining reservations, or can you just turn up and do you think you'll get um, a place? Okay. Um, Love the show. Can't wait for every episode. Absolutely just chuffed to hear it every single time. Um, Love you guys. You so make me laugh. Um, Just say hello to us, the Stephen family from the UK. Would love to hear from you. Okay. Bye now. Have a nice day. Wow, you're happy. Because <laughs> she's chaffed. Chuffed. Oh, chuffed. chuffed. Uh, well, what do you think? A T-Rex restaurant. Make your reservation. Yeah. The line yeah, is ridiculous. Every time we've been past that restaurant, the line has been snaked through See, the I queue have, I have and diff- out to the parking lot. I have different suggestion. Don't even bother. Yeah. I think my actual comment was not if they taped $20 bills to the plate. But... <laughs> I think you need to do it once, yeah, and if you have so kids, too. maybe, but then I don't know if it's a repeat visit kind yeah. of place. Yeah, they say you need to do skydiving once. Somehow I'm going to go through my life without, without having <laughs> that, that, that problem. So, 
I don't know. I'm just not a fan of any of those T-Rex rainforest cafes. Mediocre overpriced food. Paris will not know that those exist. But then again, <laughs> then again, you're getting like seventeen dollars, seventeen dollars to the British pound right now. So, I had a, you know, I knew people who told their children that they never told their children that chocolate existed. They gave them little chunks of rye bread. Then the kid went to school. <laughs> yeah, you can only keep that up for so long. Right. No. Oh, Annette, I tried. Try? I tried with Max. She didn't leave her info, so please send an email to podcast at www.info.com. Let me know. Your address. And, and we're supposed like to say hello to the Stephen family from the UK. Hi. Hi. <laughs> you guys are good. You're not you. Hey. 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 <laughs> Sorry. All right. Who else has an email? They'd like I to have read. one. Good, oh, Kathy. Hey, podcast crew. First of all, love the show. Thanks for all the hard work that you do. When I see a new show on my iPod, it makes me smile, and I know it will be a good day. Just have a quick question about tickets. My family of five is going to Disney World for eight days and seven nights in September. This will be our first trip to the world. Is it worth the $50 for the park hopper option? I am sure that there will not be much hopping going on because it will be our first time, and we will want to see it all while we are at each park. I see that for a couple of dollars more, you can add a day to each ticket. If we were to hit two parks in one day, would that just take another day off our total day's purchase? Or when we get to the next gate, will they turn us away and tell us that we have already entered a park that day? Any suggestions would be appreciated. Thanks in advance. It's Jill Shoemate from Avondale, Arizona. Dang, that's a math problem, isn't it? Yeah, really. <laughs> Which way the train's going? Yeah. If you're traveling for two hours. I would. I still think. I know when we first came, we always did um, park hop, hopper tickets because we would take that like afternoon break, and then maybe at night we'd go to a different park just to see it. I mean, we never did commando style touring, so maybe if you always wore underwear. Really gonna be. Uh, bad, bad idea there. Um, <laughs> he sits home and thinks of the issue. Right That's scary. Uh, <laughs> so, what does anybody else think? Would you? Well, what's your other option if you don't do? What for eight days? Are they just going to buy a different ticket for well, each day? Well, first no. of all, you can't just buy an extra day and then show up at the second park because it will stop you with the turnstiles. One of the ticket options is one park, one day for your length of the ticket. And you can't use your two days on one day. So it's not like you can go to one park in the morning and another park at night. What time of year are they coming? September. It's their first time here. You're also going to be dealing with shorter hours. So what's going to happen is you're going to find parks are going to close earlier. And then at night, what are you going to do? Your option is hang around the resort, go to downtown Disney, but you might be able to then go to, say, Epcot at night if you had a park hopper. If you didn't go to Epcot yeah, but you're talking night. five people, $50 a clip per person, $250 buy, buys you a nice dinner, and I don't know that it's necessarily worth it on your first time. Maybe I, not on your first time, but I think then afterwards park hopping's the way to go. I, I also think park hopping, actually, unless you really know what you're doing, park hopping eats up a lot of your day. But park hopping also works sometimes if you go to one park and it looks like it's 
busier than what you care to stand in the lines, and then you could go to your your second choice. Where if you picked Magic Kingdom and Magic Kingdom has hour waits, you could you know hop over to Epcot or something with a park hopper. Are we helping her at all? <laughs> <laughs> no. So I say no. I don't think you need park hopping tickets on your first visit. I agree. I say yes. And to wear underwear. <laughs> don't go command or else you get chuffed <laughs> so you have you have a couple of different opinions around the table there uh, but I especially in September yeah I I, I would say no but. well how about okay if they come in September and it's free dining and the parks are really crowded does that enter into it well look I mean the parks aren't really crowded for free dining the restaurants are really crowded Okay, well, maybe they didn't make <laughs> Maybe they... Let's explore this. Okay. Well, what if she stands on her left foot and holds oranges? Well, maybe they didn't make their ADRs ahead of time, and now they can't find a place to so eat. So they're going to park hop to eat? Why not? Okay. She wants to park hop. I just think... I don't know. I guess it just depends how you want to do it. We always found that it, it was nice that maybe in the evening... All right, let's went. settle this. Teresa, park hopper, yes or no? Okay, clarify something for me. Just yes or no? <laughs> yes. Julie? Yes. Corey? Yes. Kevin? No. John? Not on your first visit. Yes, on every visit. I say no. Kathy? Oh, I think you need a park hopper. Walter? I say no on the first time. All right, so it's... Uh, the eyes yeah. have it. <laughs> the eyes have it. Many. So we have decided for you, yes, get the park hopper. End of discussion. Thank Ferris you for writing. shaking his no- head no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who else has an email I'd like to read? I do. Ooh. Hey, it's I was rapid, I was rapid fireless. I yeah, woman with the baby. We defer okay. to the woman with the baby. Um, dear podcast team, I listen to your show every week and thank you. I thought Pete might enjoy this story. My husband and I went to the world recently, and we were on the premium package that included tours and recreation. We decided at the last minute to book a parasailing excursion at the Contemporary on Bay Lake. My husband was a little apprehensive, but I, on the other hand, was very excited to be seeing the world from above. We boarded the boat, got all strapped in, and went up and away. It was a little windy that day, but we didn't notice it until we reached 400 feet into the air. <laughs> As we were whipping around a little bit, I made the mistake of looking down at the water instead of looking straight ahead. All of a sudden, all I could hear was Pete's voice shouting, Stay out of the damn lakes! <laughs> I guess I've been paying more attention to your campaign than I thought I was. Anyway, I had a little anxiety attack for a minute, but <laughs> the views were great. And it was worth it. We made it down safely and did not touch the water once. Thank goodness. Thanks again. Um, did I say Amy was her name, by the way? <laughs> uh, nice to know that I'm living in your head. <laughs> <laughs> you never touch the water when you're parasailing. Yeah, they usually. Yeah, you they don't. can. They can. Yeah, they can bring you right back onto the boat. You leave off the back of the boat so and they, you come back onto it. Yeah, yeah basically. Can, sometimes they'll dip you if you want if you to. ask to be dipped. They'll yeah. do it. Hold your nose. Just hold your nose. <laughs> I so want to do that. Well, remember, the amoeba thing is you actually have to, like, touch the... Like, something's got to be churning up the bottom of the... The sediment on the bottom of the lake. That's where they live. That's why they say, you know, kids go into the lake and they play and they're kicking around in the, in the lake and that's kicking up the bottom. That's what's getting the amoebas into the water and that's where the problem is. So I, I don't know that a dip in Bay Lake from the no. air... <laughs> they only dip your feet in. You know, is going gonna, is gonna to do it to you. But uh, I still couldn't pay me to go in that water. All the just even with all the uh, all all the the watercraft, all the boats, and the bird poop, and the bird poop, and 
everything else. Gator poop. Gator poop. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you for that, Julie. Our next voicemail comes to us from Kim, who has a question about doing a solo trip at Walt Disney World this September. So here is Kim. Hi, this is Kim. Um, my name on the boards is Santa Punk, and my email address is also SantaPunk at AOL.com. And I've never really had a question to call in for until now. I've been to Disney World about 15 times, but I'm going to be going in September for free dining by myself. This will be my first solo trip, and I just wanted to know if there were any advice or suggestions that can be given for things that are more fun to do by yourself or restaurants that you suggest are a little more comfortable for someone who is a solo traveler. Because one of my biggest fears is eating alone. I would never be caught dead eating alone in the food court at the mall. And I'm attempting to get over that fear before this trip. But if there's any places that you feel are more comfortable for someone who is a solo traveler, um, I would appreciate the feedback. Thank you very much. And I really have enjoyed the podcast for quite some time now. And I just wanted to say thank you for everything that you guys do. Okay, thank you. Bye. Well, Kim, I think you're going to have to accept that no matter where you go, uh, eating alone at Disney World, people will point and laugh at you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm right there with you. I'm not. I'm one of those people that you know. Uh, well, I think not so much anymore. I used to be. Um, you never catch me dead eating alone. Uh, now, on occasion, I'll do it, but it's a rare occasion. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that there's any place. Oh, okay, Kevin. I'm going to take the advice from one of our listeners, Ursula's Shadow, Mindy. Mindy says the best thing to do is eat at the bar. The people at the bar oh, talk yeah. to you. You meet the people sitting next to you. She enjoys it Good very tip. much. As a matter of fact, um, you know, we Walter and I have done that a number. Is of that times. why she's always at the bar? No, that's why she's a drunk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought, but no, not. You've, she's heard her, you've heard her calls, right? Yes. <laughs> Actually, Mindy says, "I'm give, Mindy. I'm using your advice. We love you, Mindy. And Santa Punk. I'm suggesting you PM." Mindy or Ursula's Shadow, and she'll tell you the best places to eat at the bar. She has a whole list. She and also I would has say, a very vivid imagination, Ursula's well, Shadow. Understand, too, that the vast majority, of, vast majority of places that you'll be able to eat at a bar are going to be in resorts, not theme parks. For example, there are no bars in the Magic Kingdom, so that's not going to help you. Um, there's uh, the only bar. Uh, that I know of in Epcot is at the uh, the pub at the UK, and I'm not sure that they serve food there uh, at that particular bar. Um, I know they do not serve food at the bar at uh, 50s Prime Time over in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, they do serve food at the bar at the Rainforest uh, Cafes. Yak and Yeti has a bar where you can eat. <sighs> do, I think it'd be fun to eat alone. Do, the, do not even places. do not even consider Yak and Yeti under any circumstances. Bought. There isn't enough booze in the world that you could pound down ahead of time to make that food palatable. Trust me, I've tried. I would say as a solo person in Disney, because I used to travel a lot for work and had to eat solo at restaurants, Disney's a perfect place to do it as a solo person because nobody knows if you're there as a solo person or your person's off getting fast passes or... You just blend in with the crowd, so I wouldn't feel uncomfortable about Fer- eating. I'm sorry, Ferris is cracking me up <laughs> <laughs> with the raspberries. 
He does it all day, oh, it's, every oh. day. <laughs> so funny. I'm sorry, Kathy. Go ahead. But anyway, I think at Disney, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable that you're there as a solo. You know, just blend in. Just be one of the crowd. And People will think less of you, but they won't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> one of the great things about traveling solo is it's your trip. Mm-hmm. You get to do what you want, when you want to do it. You get to see all those things that everyone else says, I don't want to go. It's too and much. And you get to talk to your imaginary friend on the monorail. <laughs> Just think of John and how much fun John would love to travel alone when you're doing We can it. arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me. I guess I'm one of the few people that really doesn't mind eating by themselves. I don't I'll either. go to a bar and I'll throw down oysters or chicken wings or I've whatever. Gotten, I've gotten better with it. It's just still not... Uh, when you have an iPhone, you can really entertain yeah, yourself. You yeah, that, the yeah. iPhone has become a help. huge help. Yeah, yeah, with that, I agree. I absolutely agree. Well, I hope that uh, gives you some uh, some assistance there, Kim. And uh, next voicemail comes to us from Kevin in Michigan, who came up with a song about the podcast cruise while we were away. So here's Kevin. Hello, podcast team. Um, this is Kevin Hare from Michigan. I'm Kevrab on the boards, and uh, I wrote a song for your cruise, and I posted it on the boards. And some of the board members suggested that I sing it to you guys and send it. So uh, here goes. So excuse my voice. I hope I don't make Ferris cry or make Max howl. <laughs> Just sit right back, and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a podcast trip. That started on a tropic port aboard Disney's Wonder Ship. Pete Warner was a mighty sailing man. His crew was brave and sure. The podcasters set sail that day for a five-day tour. A five-day tour. The dizzers on the cruise were everywhere. On every deck they were found. Getting sunburned laying by the pool or eating peeled shrimp by the pound. All the dizzers that couldn't go on a trip were feeling pretty sad. We all wanted to go on that podcast trip. We all wanted it really bad. So glad you guys had fun. Don't worry about us. And sorry if we have the blues, but maybe we can join you on next year's podcast cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for everything you do. You guys are fantastic. Take care. Bye. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Kevin. He really brought it home at the end, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Trace Atkins, watch out. (laughs) He's our Susan Boyle. (laughs) Now that she's had a complete breakdown. (laughs) In the mental institution. (laughs) That was very nice, very brave of you to do that. That was very brave. Thanks for sharing it. And since you sang for me, you may pick a number. It's two. It's two today. So, all right. Who? Uh, I do. Kevin. I figured maybe Julie had two <laughs> to go with her uterus. <laughs> oh, <geez. What>? <laughs> it's pretty roomy. <laughs> oh, so you have a womb with a view. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's getting really, really warm in here. <laughs> <laughs> Been warm. Uh, this is from Annette and Dunn Troll. Dune. What? This what? is from Annette and Dune Troll. Okay. I'm not making this up, seriously. Troll? <laughs> Troll. Troll. 
After seven kids and 13 years of marriage, my wife and I are finally getting a week away from the kids, who we love dearly but are happy I to leave with the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> to take a week-long overdue honeymoon. This is the, that is a overdue honeymoon. <laughs> We've decided to go back to Disney World for a second visit because a few weeks ago... Our, our, because a few weeks before our first visit, in February 2008, my wife found out she was pregnant with twins and couldn't really enjoy the trip like she wanted to. Because of the economy, it was necessary for us to stay at a value resort. We stayed off-site the first time and wanted to stay on-site this time, which hurts us in the romance department. But at least we can still go. My question is this. Outside of food, we're going on the beginning of September and get free dining. Are there one or two economical, romantic ideas in the world you would suggest for us any help you can give would be greatly appreciated dune troll p.s i love the show i especially look forward i knew there was a reason i read this p.s i love the show i especially look forward to kevin's peppery reviews and always feel sad when pete doesn't give us a good rant keep up the good work and you do a greater service to fans of disney than you will ever get credit for i'm peppery um Peppery. <laughs> Are there romantic ideas in the world? I think just being in the world. Once you turn out the lights, any place is romantic. Oh, ma. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's a value resort or a deluxe resort. Uh, there are restaurants just walking hand in hand through World Showcase, just exploring the countries. Um, I think sitting in France, maybe go and grab a pastry and sit and watch people walk by and, you know. Notice other couples in love. One of the things that I find is I think no matter where you sit in Epcot, you can kind of see other parts of Epcot. The place that I found is in Germany. You can sit in Germany and not see anything else, so you actually feel like you're someplace different. You can't see Spaceship Earth if you sit in the little area outside of the German restaurant. I think that's kind of cool. Carriage rides? I think, um, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record. But uh, I think uh, head over to Fort Wilderness, take the bus back to the trading post, go into the uh, go into the general store there down by the the, the one down by the lake, the big one, and uh, get yourself a bottle of wine. Go out to the beach and watch the fireworks from the Magic Kingdom. Um, that's going to be a real inexpensive date, and it's a great view of the fire. It's a really unusual view of the fireworks. A beautiful view of the fireworks, and. Um, you know, Fort Wilderness has a real charm to it. Now in September, make sure you bring some easy off, some easy off, some some plugs. <laughs> of course, you're going to get dirty. Clean your oven. It's a euphemism, I think. Come on, honey, let's clean the oven. It's always romantic. <laughs> Your baby, <laughs> I've got easy off. Oh, all this uterus talk. <laughs> yeah, this woman has seven kids. Oh yeah, she's Lord. not bringing them, right? No. No, she's not bringing the kids. Oh my lord! <laughs> easy off. Bring something for mosquitoes. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Just say off instead. I said easy off. Oh. Just bring something for mosquitoes because they'll eat you eat you alive over there. But. Um, we were asked one time for romantic ideas, and I suggested that you write your wife a letter. I don't know if she listens to the show. I got a great deal of feedback on that, that from the wives, thinking that was a great idea and asking me to send their husbands emails. Except cut all the letters out of magazines. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and hand it to her with the easy off. Stalker love. <laughs> Just have this really weird look in your eyes. <laughs> There's something I have to tell you. <laughs> you know, another great place... Uh, Another great place over at the Polynesian. Um, the Poly Pool Bar is usually open late, or at least until the fireworks in the Magic Kingdom go off. That's another great place to watch the uh, uh, the fireworks. Um, if you want to just grab a grab a, a couple of chairs on the beach, get out there early, get some drinks from the or a boat. Alley. How about a boat out by yourselves? On that's what, more expensive though. Well, you can't take you can't take the boats out by yourself uh, after dark. You'd have to rent a fireworks um. cruise. And now the inexpensive part of the romantic yeah. escape yeah. is out the window. Yeah. Corey actually did that with me when we first moved here and took me to the Polynesian. And I don't suggest you do this, but we snuck in our own alcohol. I had a huge purse, and we put 12 Miller High Lifes in my purse. Well, there you, go. <laughs> you know, classy. We, were, we yeah, yeah. We brought the High Lifes. Really? It's the champagne of Beer. romantic drink. <laughs> Nothing says romance like cheap, huh? Hey, we were a lot younger and didn't have a lot of money. You're the man That's what you buy on a Disney, sell, a Disney income. So, hope that... Uh, Dune, there are cameras in all of the attractions. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one from Randy Collins from North Carolina. He writes, I know that they lower the lights and pipe in the fireworks soundtrack at California Grill in the Contemporary, but do they... Do that when the park is having a hard ticket event like Mickey's Not So Scary or Mickey's Very Merry. Just curious. Love the podcast and all of you. Missing Bob, he was one of a kind. They do. They do pipe in the fireworks for the special ticket events, which is a which is a nice option if you're if you're not in the audio. Pipe it. What did I say? Pipe in the fireworks. Fireworks. Yeah. It's a real show. (laughs) Duck. Especially with the poly concierge. Yeah, they pipe in the uh, the music for the fireworks in there, so that's a good option. And for this appetizer. Really? Might need the easy off for the fireworks that are being piped in. All right. Thank you for that, Corey. Our next voicemail comes to us from Sharon, who has some questions about Universal Orlando. So here's Sharon. Hi. My name is Sharon. Um, I have a question for you regarding Universal Orlando. Um, I've been to Disney several times, and this year I think we're going to plan a trip. That will be uh, flying in to uh, Universal Orlando and staying at one of the resorts there. Um, and probably still spending a day or two at Disney, but um, spending most of our time at Universal Orlando and um, all the things that go with that area. Just trying to get some ideas on where to stay. I will be traveling with my husband and two kids who are 14 and 10, and we will be staying for around six to seven days. Um, Wanted to find out where you recommend staying. That's a good moderate priced um, resort, but we do want it either on site or very, very close. Um, and also, what would you recommend doing for that age group and what some of the highlights we should probably hit? Um, we feel like we, we've done Disney so many times that we do want to branch out, um, but we're very interested in SeaWorld, um, Universal Orlando, um, all the things that would be involved with that trip. Um, so look forward to hearing your answer. Again, um, my name is Sharon, and my email address is, or my cell number is 252-363-5392. And my email is Riley, which is R-I-L-E-Y, sales, S-A-L-E-S, at suddenlink.net. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for calling, Sharon. Um, you know that I'm a, a huge fan of, uh, of Universal. And a uh, couple of options you have in terms of hotels. 
uh, you're looking for moderate. So the two suggestions I would make, uh, one on-site, one off. The on-site would be the Royal Pacific. Uh, that is the least expensive of the three on-site properties, but don't let that throw you. Uh, it just means that the room is a little bit smaller than what you'll find at either the Hard Rock or the, uh, the Portofino. And in terms of uh, amenities, in terms of all, you know, everything is really, it's a beautiful hotel. Um, off-site, it's the Doubletree Universal is the only option, really and truly, in my opinion. It's the only off-site hotel near Universal that will sell. Uh, because the rest of them around the area are just absolutely the ones that we've seen anyway don't don't meet my standards. Doubletree Universal is a beautiful property. It is walking distance to the parks. There's a lighted path. Um, you do have to cross a, ma- a major thoroughfare, major thoroughfare, but you know it's well lit. It's got you know lights and a crosswalk, so it's not like you're taking your life into your hands. Um, they also offer transportation to and from, uh, to and from the park. So, and and the, their price points are usually very, very, very good. Teresa, what on average what are we getting over at uh, DoubleTree? Um, Would you say? I want to say it's right around a hundred. I mean, there's a couple for eighty nine, but it just depends on the time. The time. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a really, really good price. It is, and it's a beautiful hotel. It's just been the whole thing's been refurbished. It's a double tree, and double tree is a pretty good, uh, pretty good brand. Uh, rooms Cookies are, are good too. <laughs> rooms are very spacious, well appointed, um, and like I said, the price point you can't beat. Uh, if you stay on site, they can also use the three pools. So if you're into swimming or the kids want to swim, they could swim at all three of the pools. And right. They, they get can, the front of the line access. I was just going to say you get front of the line access if you're staying on site. You do not get that at any of the off-site hotels, even if you're buying a package through Universal. For an off-site hotel, uh, you still don't get the front-of-the-line access. You only get that. But in September, I don't know how big a deal it's going to be. Yeah. Because uh, September, the crowds really at Universal are not that bad at all. So, you know, weigh that stuff out. In terms of kids in the age range you're talking, um, honestly, there's so much for them at Universal, at both Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. I think more so at Islands of Adventure. Uh, but you'll have there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do, and you'll be, you'll you'll more than be able to fill up a week with uh, the two Universal parks and Sea World. And if you want, you mentioned maybe staying a day, uh, you know, hitting Disney for a day or two. That works as well. But you're going to have a great time. So Royal Pacific, if you want to stay on site, Double Tree Universal, if you want to stay off site. We'll include links to both those hotels in the show notes page for you. So hope that helps. Good luck with your trip. Let us know how it goes. And we have our last voicemail this week from Derek in Ridgefield, New Jersey, who apparently is quite the fan of John. And uh, and we waited till the end to play this. We figured I figured I would wait until the end to play this because you would have been unbearable for the rest of the show anyway. So here is Derek. Ferris, be quiet. I'm podcast crew. This is Derek from Ridgefield, New Jersey. Disney loving fatso on the boards. 
Uh, I decided to throw in the New Jersey theme music because I think my state gets a lot of unnecessary flack, and so I try to show my pride as often as I can. And I also love that Pete, John, and Kevin's sense of humor is straight out of the New Jersey, New York area. Uh, I don't think most people realize how funny people from our area are, uh, but it totally comes across on the podcast. And speaking of funny, I need to go on record as saying that I can't get enough of John Magi. No offense to the rest of the crew, but John has me laughing out loud every single podcast. Whether he's making fun of a news story or making fun of himself or just throwing in a wise remark, his jokes are genius. And uh, I love him. And genius. genius is not a word that I use sparingly. So uh, that tells you how funny I think John is. I had two quick questions as I was hoping you guys could answer. Uh, when I visited the world in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, I recall my father making ADRs through a TV screen where you could actually see the person helping you. I believe you actually might have mentioned this in passing on a show a few weeks ago. Can you give me some info on what that was and how long it lasted? And my second question is, it's pretty obvious that you're all Disney Cruise Line fans. Did any of you ever sail on the Big Red Boat back when that was Disney's cruise option? I can remember seeing the uh, commercials all the time when I was a kid before the Disney Cruise Line came out. And it got me wondering if any of you guys uh, actually had ever been on the Big Red Boat. So uh, I had the pleasure of being Corey and Julie's first fan encounter in Epcot last year. So I want to wish them and Ferris all the best. And uh, I want to say thanks so much for the podcast. And Kevin, if you weren't in the picture, I would be all over John. And uh, <laughs> so take it easy, guys. And thanks so much. I'm a genius. <laughs> For the right price, I could be convinced. <laughs> Especially now. It's going to be a long ride home. <laughs> it's gonna, that's why I waited till the very end to play that. Um, We're having shirts made up that says, John is a genius. <laughs> you mean besides the one I have to wear at home? <laughs> Yours says, I'm with genius, and there's an arrow pointing at me. <laughs> oh, It's very nice. I'm very flattered. Thank you. It was, I, thought, I thought you'd enjoy that email. That one um, came from the institution, mail. right? <laughs> yeah, from Richfield, yeah. Actually, I've got family in Richfield. I shouldn't say that. But uh, there were two questions uh, sandwiched in between all the praise for John. Thank you so much, Derek. It's going to be unbearable <laughs> for weeks now. I was the funniest. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. <laughs> um, Kevin talks about those... Um, kiosks all the time when we go to Epcot he goes I miss those I do I love them there was one back by Germany and there was one right by guest services when you first went in I don't remember them after like 96 oh, I you don't know? know when they were gone I, 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 I can remember them like in our, our early trips I know you know when I first started coming and then after I met you and uh, we, we came to you know the first couple times we came to Disney together I remember them being there, but then I think after we moved here, they certainly by the time we moved here, they, yeah, were, gone. they were gone. So I think they only lasted until the uh, the mid nineties. I'd say the mid. What to, were they? What did they do? They were they were like these video kiosks you'd walk up to, and to make your dining reservation, you'd actually talk face to face with a dining representative. And you know, I I, I remember asking, uh, you know, what kind of uh, you know what kind of clothes do I need to wear to eat there? 
and she looked and she goes, "What you're wearing now is fine." Oh, yeah. So it was it was really cool. It was really really cool. Do you know where guest relations is in, in Epcot? Mm-hmm. As you come under the ball and you go up the other side. But yes. they, yeah, they had they, they had them there. Right. But I'm saying if you go there now, you can see where they were. The little booths, the video monitors are gone, right. but the booths are still there. Is that oh, the okay. thing like on the left as you go in? That I've asked people a million times what that was. But now. they used to have them at the base of Spaceship Earth too. Mm-hmm. Um, they were down there when you got got off a of spaceship Earth. They were down there, right. and they also had them over in World Showcase, right, right outside of Germany, right. And uh, they were really cool. I wish they would bring them back, but they would I be like them. there would be lines for them. You know, there would be lines for them, but there must be a reason they. I know. I thought it was great, but there must be a reason why they got rid of them. Tell us yeah. about the big red boat now. Well, the reason one of the things is most, well, a lot the, of the restaurants are filled. With the ADR system, yeah. right? Very few people would be able to get a reservation if they right. showed up. I, uh, the big red boat. The only thing I remember about that is that Sal Kathy Lee Gifford <laughs> singing songs about it. Um, wasn't that her? It was no, that was Carnival. That was Carnival. Sorry. Yes, yeah, she sang for Carnival. She sang for Carnival. Ain't we got? But didn't fun. she do? But didn't she do the commercials for Big Red Boat too? I don't know. I don't know. Big Did Red anyone? Boat wasn't owned by Disney. No. It was a. Uh, just a relationship they had for a while. They put the Disney characters on the Big Red Boat before Disney Cruise Line started. And then after Disney pulled their characters off, um, Universal put some of the Warner Brothers cartoons on, as far as I remember. I remember you could see Foghorn Leghorn on the boat. (laughs) 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 Yeah, the... uh, I remember one of the things when Disney announced they were starting Disney Cruise Line... There were some rumblings whether or not it was accurate or not, but there were rumblings that the people who operated the big red boat were a little ticked off because it seemed like Disney got all the information they needed about how this was running and what was working and what wasn't, and they used that information as basically a platform to launch uh, Disney Cruise Line. But whether or not there's any truth to that, I'm not sure. I just remember hearing that. But Disney Cruise Line is still here. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, who could compete with it? And plus, it was just running. Big Red Boat was just running the route from uh, north from from New Jersey, New York area down here. I mean, it wasn't going other places, was it? I don't know. You have anything to add, Edison? No, but I think he should get a number. Pick a number. Oh, that's yeah. That was the other person I was going to let uh, okay. pick a number <laughs> for his. So all you Jersey. have to do is call in and suck up to John yeah. and get a number? Be Looks effusive like it. towards really? me and you get a number. <laughs> John, I was just saying the other day, you are my favorite. <laughs> and you're so handsome. If Kevin wasn't here, I'd <laughs> let you have Kevin. Okay, Kevin's not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> let me have Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to auction off this spot. I was part of uh, Big Red Boat was part of Premier Cruise Lines which I don't think they exist anymore also gone it was the original Disney Cruise package it was known for offering value cruises to the Bahamas which could be combined with a trip to Walt Disney World but the parent company got into financial trouble and went out of business in 2000 right around the same time (laughs) really Disney launched theirs does it say what the rat was? I mean, if it's the Bahamas, and then it probably was leaving from the New York, New Jersey area. It I think it rem- I, I, th- I remember it leaving from Port Canaveral. I don't know. I don't know. It was before my my time in di- with Disney, so I don't I don't know. 
Well, so I figured that would be a good uh, a good voicemail to end on. That John would enjoy that. I'm going to put that on a CD and play it in the car all the time. <laughs> put it on my iPod. Kevin looks thrilled. <laughs> I think I got to make a a drop in out of the out of some of that too. But all right, that is going to do it for our email show this week, folks. Thanks everybody for sending in your emails and your voicemails. Again, if you'd like to send us an email, it's podcast at wdwinfo.com or toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 310 In the United Kingdom, toll-free 0808-120-2316. Toll-free in Australia, 1-800-774-531. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Dis Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and remember... Stay out of the damn lakes.